lightning. Let not your hands be idle. For you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. We're talking about the whenever. Now this morning I want you to listen to this because this is going to help you. Every one of us face things and we get discouraged. How many have been discouraged before? Come on, lift your hand. Everybody in this place has been discouraged. How many of you have decided sometimes because of your discouragement to pull back? To draw back? You ever been tempted to draw back? To not go full ahead? Ever, ever been tempted? Well, I don't know. I'm so discouraged right now. I don't know if I can go to church. You know, things haven't worked out for me this week. I don't know if I can go to that evangelism outreach. I don't know if it's going to work out for me. I don't know if it's going to be good. You know, I don't know if, you know, I, don't know if I can be affected. We start lying to ourselves. I don't know if I can be. It wasn't about you in the beginning. Even when you're doing good, it ain't about you. You know, you're going, it's only the Holy Ghost that convict a soul. You're a vessel. You're a vessel. God wants obedience and availability and faith, trusting in Him. And you go out there and you do His will. And, and, and you know, those of you going out to Mardi Gras, how many are going out to Mardi Gras? It never ceases to fail me. You know, it never fails to uh, uh, amaze me that... Uh, that as the years that we have sent out teams of Mardi Gras, you'll get someone out there that is, you know, fire and brimstone, and like they know all the arguments, they know the theology. They'll get up on the mic because all of you're going to have to preach, and they they get up on the mic and the the hypostatic union of the two natures, you know, and God loves you. Touch three people around you, and you you know, there's like people drinking beers, like touch what, you know. Don't you touch me. And so the thing is, is, you know, people talking, preaching. Now, I've, now I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I have heard students get all theological all over the mic. And they don't know, they don't know what you're talking about. The church half the time don't know what you're talking about. And then you get the little scared girl, you know, scared, trembling to get up there. Ah, Jesus said, you know, and then all of a sudden, tears, you know, she's scared to death, so she's pleading for God to deliver her in that moment of sharing the gospel over the mic. You know, you hear the words going out like this, and she starts crying, and she don't know what else to do. She starts singing, Jesus loves me. I've got this on film. What I'm talking about is a real story. I got the, I filmed this one time. Jesus, she starts singing. And as the Holy Ghost came, she was scared, spitless. Judy, remember Judy Irby's, I was filming this. And she started singing Amazing Grace. She was scared to death. But she stepped out in obedience. She didn't let it hold her back. And she began singing in that mic. And people, and she started tearing up. Right there, man, in the pit. We were in the pit. And I saw people, and then you had the hecklers, stop crying! But she kept. And then all of a sudden, people, I want to tell you how God saved me and how He loves me. And I've got it on film. There was this couple, and the guy had, you know, 
the little bikini underwear. That's all he had on. You know, it was nasty. And there was a girl that had on the, the uh, you know, all she had on was the same kind of underwear and a, uh, and a teddy thing. You could see right through it. I mean, I wasn't looking, promise. Her back was turned, you know. So, but I was filming it, and it arrested them. They stopped. And all of a sudden, the girl, she walked up. And she's right there near the mic while Judy's sharing. And while she finished, right there, she got, I mean, God arrested those people and drew them. Because that girl saw and experienced the love of Almighty God. Whenever. 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 Don't let yourself discourage yourself. Don't let your situation discourage you. Don't let whatever's happened in the past discourage you from reaping because you've sowed. As I look at this passage, we've got some interpretive issues. And, of course, we're going to deal with them here. In verse 1, the Bible talks about casting your bread on the water. Bread right here does not literally pertain to Hebrew flatbread being tossed on the water. You know, in the verse right here, the word really doesn't mean the Hebrew flatbread. Because bread can be used synonymously with seed. So when he's saying, many scholars believe that as the word for bread in the Hebrew can also be translated as wheat, which bread is made from, then the picture here is that of casting your bread upon the floodplains. See, that's what they used to do. They'd take the seed, and as the floodplains rose, you know, the rivers would swell with water, and, the wa- and like the Nile River does this, and the Nile becomes big and wide, and it's not very deep. And so then the people, they plant along what's called the floodplains, right along the side, and they take the seed out, and they throw it on the water. And then as that seed sinks down on that water, and it sink, you don't see it no more. Where did it go? I cast it on the water. It sunk down into the soil. The picture is casting your bread upon the floodplains. It may sink, and you cannot see it again. But later, after the water has subsided, the wheat will come up where the seed made its way to the soil. Casting your bread upon the water. You don't see where it goes. You didn't see it, but you were faithful. Can you imagine these people if they were like, man, where's my seed going? Man, I ain't casting no more seed. Well, then they won't have a harvest. This verse 2 refers to the idea that don't put it all in one place. He says right there, he says, uh, give portion to seven, yes to eight, for you do not know what disaster may come upon the land. And so he's saying right here, the writer is saying, in other words, don't put all your eggs in one basket. So all over the place. So everywhere. So in everybody's life. You know, sometimes we get discouraged because we're sowing just in one thing. And sometimes we can waste our time. We cast a seed on certain people. Move forward. 
Listen in Mardi Gras. You need to learn this. But, you know, this is turning out to be a good Mardi Gras message. Because you know what? The fact is, when you start witnessing, you're going to go try and minister to the drunk bum because you're so scared to minister to that person on the sidewalk. They're standing on the parade route that's all white and looks like they got a lot of money. And you, I've seen this among students. And, they, and they get, they, they're so nervous. So they go find the guy that's a derelict you know, that's been sleeping on the street for 20 days and he's half drunk and he doesn't understand one word you're saying. And you'll have like four people hollering around this guy. He don't even understand you. But you're only witnessing to him because you're scared to death to go talk to the person. So cast your seed all over the place. Guess what? You're going to be rejected sometimes. In evangelism, how many have been rejected? I've been rejected. Lots. But let me tell you, even when people reject you, stand there with the boldness of Jesus Christ and say, Jesus loves you, man. Now you're standing out here. This is a religious thing. So why don't we talk a little bit of God right now? Come on. You know how many people I've, you know, that even after they said, man, I don't want to talk about that. And you just stand there. Come on, man. Come on. What's this going to cost you? Five, ten minutes? You know, and just your little bit of boldness, ready to put a seed in. You know, I, and I tell you stories all day long about that. But, you know, we got, you got to sow all over the place. Sow everywhere. You guys, I ain't seeing nothing in my life, in my prayer life. Well, get in the evangelism thing. Get in the because the law of the harvest says you may not reap where you've sown. So go sow all kinds of places. Sow into every ministry. Sow every time there's an opportunity to sow. Because you don't know where the harvest might come from. And God's trying to teach you dependency upon Him. Verse 3 through 5 speaks of the uncertainty of life, what we were talking about. You know, if clouds are full of water, they pour rain upon the earth. Well, that's a matter of fact. Sometimes you can count on things in life to line up just the way they should. Other than the way things end up, sometimes it's a mystery. Clouds are full of rain. Yep, there's going to be some rain. But then he says, whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there will it lie. But you don't know which way it's going to fall. There are some things in life that are uncertain. There are things that you don't know yet. You've got to trust God for. And then he says, whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. Man, things aren't just right today. I don't know if I'm going to sow. It's not working out just like I thought it would. I've been praying for that certain someone, and I put this fleece out from, to, to God. And, man, it didn't happen like that. There's nothing wrong with fleeces. Sometimes we're putting everything we do, we're putting up some sign. God, give me a sign. And God's saying, I've been speaking to you every day. The pastor speaks to you. People around you speaking to you. And you're looking for some word from God. It's like the man that was, you know, in the floodplains and he was on top of a house and he was praying, God, deliver me. The, the waters were all around. You heard the story. 
Right? You know, the man standing on the top of his house asking God, deliver me out of this flood, God. Deliver me. And out comes a guy with a boat and says, hey, man, you need a ride? You need a ride? No, man, God's going to do it. And then, you know, a, a helicopter flies over and says, hey, take the line, take the line. No, God's going to do it. And then all of a sudden the guy's about to drown and he gets to, you know, and then he drowns and he gets to heaven and says, God, why didn't you save me? He says, man, I sent the dude with the boat. I sent the plane to you, the helicopter. We want to make things so complicated sometimes. My goodness. You've you got a pastor. you got pastors. you got elders. you got deacons. you got leaders. you got more stuff in this church than you know. Churches five times this size, 20 times this size, don't have what you have. Believe me, I've been in them. Because the church's people don't get... Don't mix that up. The church is people and it's leadership. My gosh, this is good. Sometimes you can count on things in life to line up just the way they should. Other times, the way things end up are a mystery. But if you are looking for things to be perfect in order to sow, then you will never find it. We don't even understand the work of God in our own lives at times. He says, as you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. That's why we trust him. We may not know how things are lining up, but believe me, he's lining them up. Now, we, ra we raised up a Bible college. We raised money. We saw millions of dollars come into SUM. God told us to go after that building, and nothing this year has happened like it happened in the past other than depending upon God and sowing seeds and reaping a harvest. And after, what is it? What did we figure out? It's 29 years serving the Lord now? Almost 30 years of serving God. Over 29 years of serving the Lord. You know what? I just learned to trust Him. I just learned to wait upon Him. Like the old song, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, I've learned to depend upon His Word. Verse 6 tells us then, in light of all this, so sow your seed in the morning. And at evening, let not your hand be idle. For you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. What verse 6 is telling us, keep sowing. Keep sowing. Be diligent in your sowing. And sow everywhere. Now, What's important about all this? Remember that sowing pertains to whatever in life. Say that with me. Whatever. Whatever. Some of you have aspirations for Bible college. You know, God's calling you to school. Some of you are going to secular school. Let me tell you, the principle applies there. What you sow into it is what you're going to get out of it. You say, well, I don't know about this Bible school, blah, blah, blah. It's because you're not sowing into it. If you sow into it the right thing, you're going to reap out of it the right thing. Not just finances. Our walk with God. Our walk with God. Some of you are stumbling because you ain't sowing into your walk with God. 
It's prayer. Sowing looks like prayer. It looks like reading the Word. It looks like sharing your faith. Unless you're missing those things, guess what? You're not sowing. Well, I'm waiting for the right time. There's always an excuse about not serving God. But let me tell you something. The principle will always be true because God cannot be... Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Do not be deceived. The Word of God is eternal, unshakable, unmovable. And Jesus said about His Word, He said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but My Word will remain. You're dependent upon things that aren't going to last forever. And there's only one thing that will last forever. The Word of Almighty God. The principle is true. God cannot be... Don't be deceived. Whatever we sow is what we're going to reap. If you sow to the Spirit, from the Spirit you're going to reap eternal life. If you sow good things, principles, attitudes, discipline, good behavior to your mental and physical development, then to those things you will reap the reward. If you sow diligence, excellence, teachableness, faithfulness to your job, you're going to reap the reward from it. The Bible says that you see a man, a woman, diligent in their work, they will stand before kings. Proverbs 22. Marriage, relationships. Again, if you sow good into these areas, then you will reap what is good. Do not expect to reap something if you have not planted. If you have not sowed, don't expect to get anything. If you sow nothing, you reap nothing. The second thing is there will never be a perfect time to start sowing what is good, what is godly, what is great into your life and your walk with God. You know, this principle applies to every area of your life. Those of you families, you know, you see couples, they get scared about having children. You know, come on. Come on, they're scared about having children. One year, two years, we're not ready yet. Finances aren't in place yet. You know, three years, four years, five years. You know, well, things are not, I just got to do this. And they never end up having kids. Let me tell you something, there ain't never a right time to have kids. There ain't never a right, there ain't never going to be, you ain't never going to be secure enough. Your security needs to be in Jesus. And be fruitful and multiply. Now, you need to wait a little while. Wait a little while. Learn your spouse. Enjoy yourselves and all that stuff. But let me tell you, when it's time to have them, have them. And go for it. Do it. One after the other. Pop, pop them out, man. You know, just because I tell you what, you need to have, you know, men, this needs to happen. Let me tell you a little secret. You know, you do this because, and I know this is, it's related, but I mean, <laughs> you know, you do this. Because you want to be young enough to run around with them. You know? Man, I was still young enough when my guys all happened to be teens. Man, you know, I, I tore a hamstring. I tore my ankle. You know, I ripped something on my side all playing with those kids, you know. It's just, you know, I tore a, a rotator cuff. Man, I've fallen apart. But I'm thankful, like they're get, they're getting married and they're on a team, so I'm I'm just it's happening just about the right time, you know. Like I'm falling apart as they're like you know getting out of the house, you know. So, 
But they were young and had the energy. But let me, you know, and, and look, guys, getting married. Oh, I'm looking for Mrs. Wright. You need to look for Mrs. Wright with God. You, look, you need to look at for Mr. Wright with God. And I know some of you don't want your leader's help, but you need your leader's help. Because they see things you ain't seeing. Let me tell you something. If your friends and your family are saying they're knuckleheads, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You are blind. You are blind. Oh, that's, yeah, that was for free. That was for free. <laughs> I'm sewing, brother. I'm sewing. Sewing for where we're going. Glory to God. There's never going to be a perfect time to start sowing what is good, what is godly, what is great in your life and your walk with God. The enemy will see to it that you focus upon what is negative. Who is he? He is the father of what? He is the father of what? He is the father of what? His native tongue is what? Jesus said when he speaks, he does what? He lies. He lies. So Paul says, according to the Holy Spirit, do not be what? Deceived. That means don't be lied to. Don't be lied to. God cannot be The enemy will see to it that you focus upon what is negative. He will use negative people to start speaking into your life. Don't stay around negative people. Get away from them. The Bible says in Romans, the last chapter, it says, Mark them, mark them that cause divisions. I like that. You like that. That's a little bit of Pastor Joe. You know, come on, do that with me. I love this church, man. I can't get my people to do stuff like that. You know, half of them do it, but just, I love this church. Just, come on, do it again. There you go. Mark them, because you guys got that thing. Go with the flow. I saw that. Go with the flow. Now this one. Mark them that cause divisions, disunity, disharmony contrary to the doctrine, to the teaching that you have learned. Have nothing to do with them. He's trying to, listen, he's trying to save you a bill to the psychiatrist. (laughs) I know some of you have watched Dr. Phil. I know, I know some of you were watching Dr. Phil and you wanted to call. Now pick up the caller, we're going to take a call right now. The phone lines are open. Go ahead and call right now. And so, and then like you were like, man, I should call because I'm really needing some counsel. Come on. I know some. Don't lie in here. Don't lie. Some of you are like, I'm picking up this phone and calling Dr. Phil. And then, you know, you tried to change your voice. Dr. Phil. You know, and just. Come on, man. Half the time is who you're hanging with. Who you hang? If your pastor said it this morning, if you hang with the bride, God, who God loves, you're gonna get in the loving. It's good. You're gonna get in part of it. You're gonna become. That's the cool thing is you get to be part of the bride. You get to get to be a part of who God loves. Hang around with the loved people. 
and the people who are lovers. They love you. You want to hang around all the haters, the people that are messing you up. No wonder you're struggling. Look what the Bible says in Proverbs 13.20. He who walks with the wise grows wise. That's simple, right? He who walks with the wise grows wise. Look at that. That's the Bible. So simple. Makes sense. Your mom and dad told you stuff like that. Right? It says, but a companion of fools suffers he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Proverbs thirteen twenty. It's talking about sowing, hanging out with people. So that's sowing your time. That's sowing your time. That's sowing yourself. Who are you going to give yourself to? Well, whoever you give yourself to. That's who you're going to become. You know, my mom used to say, you sleep with dogs, pick up fleas. Right? Oh, yeah. Okay. You are a dog. Okay. Oh, (laughs) sister took it there, man. Come get the mic, sister. You got the Holy Ghost this weekend, so I know you're ready to preach. You sleep with dogs, you pick up fleas. How many heard your mom tell you something like that? Sleep with dogs, you pick up fleas. They're no good. It's a biblical principle. What does God want from us? He wants us to be diligent to plant good things. Galatians 6, 9 through 10 says this, Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, Let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. 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 Now this morning, we're just going to release all that bad seed this morning. I think you got a pouch full of bad seeds. You've been trying to mix it up with the good seed and, you know, thinking, well, I'll throw some good stuff out, I'll throw some bad stuff out. And you're wondering why the bad stuff keeps happening. Get rid of the bad seed. It might be an attitude. It might be a relationship. It might be something you're holding on to in your life. God has already put his finger on it while we have been talking. Hallelujah. Come on, sister and brother. Come up here and get up on these instruments. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right now, as you allow the Holy Spirit just to deal with you, think about your life. Think about the things that have been going on in your life. All the devastation you've been reaping. And God said it's time to turn away from that bad seed. It's time to let go of those things and let Christ Jesus, the Prince of Glory, the King of Glory, come in. Hallelujah. And change your life. While our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, this morning, if Jesus Christ is not the Lord of your life, 
if He is not the one ruling your life this morning. And you're saying, it's high time. It's high time for me to give it to God. I want you to lift your hand on pie. Lift your hand. That's you this morning. Yes. Yes. Anyone else? Got two over here. This morning, if you lifted your hand, I want you to come up right now. Come on up. Just come forward. Don't be scared, man. Just come on up. It's just nothing but a bunch of people that were jacked up and God saved us. Come on. We've all been in the same place. Come on. Jesus. Wherever you're at. Now this morning, come on. Come on, brother. Stand right here. Lifted your hand, my friend. You want to come? We just want to pray with you this morning, man. Come on. Come on, some elders. Come, come around. Hallelujah. If there's an area of your life this morning that's bad seed, and you know this morning you got to get rid of it, I want you to come up, stand at the front here. Come on. Just come. Give it to God. Come on. Hallelujah. Jesus. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Giving up the old bad seed. Come on. This morning. Jesus. Cleanse me, Lord God. Come on. Lift your hands to God. Elders around these that are coming up. Come on. Leaders from the church to come up, be with these this morning. If they need to get right with God. Go ahead and ask them. Just begin minister to the people that are standing up here this morning. Brother Ish is going to begin to flow, and you guys just flow this morning. Let's all lift our hearts to God, and let's let this word be soaked this morning with the water of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah! Right now, just lift your hands. Come on. Come on. Come on, children of God. Children of Zion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who shall ascend to the holy hill of God? Who that has a clean heart, clean hands and a pure heart. Clean hands and a pure heart. Clean hands and a pure heart. Clean hands and a pure heart.